Oh boy! Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, hello, it's me, it's me, Jake, this is the podcast, yeah, the podcast, you knew this was going to happen, oh yeah, all right, well guess what, I'm not really sure, um, I think that this is episode 132, if I'm... I don't know if whether I'm what right, whether I'm wrong. I did it my way, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's episode 132. Thank you for listening. You know what? This is a big episode. Uh, I'm trying to get back on time. I'm trying some new techniques of recording some things. Uh, my guest this week is a good friend of mine. I've known him a long time. My friend Jeb Barrows. We first met back in 1990 at the Improv in Santa Monica. Back when that existed, it does not exist anymore. So you're going to need a time machine to go back and see Jeb and I there. But I knew him back then. He is an actor. He is a assistant director. He is a director. He's behind the scenes. He's in front of the camera. Um, He's a friend of mine. I I see him almost every week and we talk a lot and we're good friends. I always wanted to have him on the podcast and he was uh, gracious enough to come over today and have a conversation. But before I talk to him, why don't I talk to you? about what I'm doing. And hey, guess what? This week, March 25th, 2015, will be my final appearance on The David Letterman Show. That's right. I'm going to be on The David Letterman Show March 25th, and that's going to be the last time on The David Letterman Show for all time. I've been going on that show for 28 years. I first started going on that show when I was 27 years old. I can't tell you how excited I am to do that. And then uh, before that, though, uh, this weekend, March 20th and 21, I'm going to be at Flappers in Burbank, California, Southern California. People have asked for it, and now it's happening. So, And then I'm going to fly to New York and do the Letterman Show. How about that? Pretty sweet. Um, So this weekend, Flappers in Burbank, March 25th, last appearance on David Letterman Show from me. Please check that out. You know, it'll be on the Internet forever. We all know that. April 2 through 4, I'm going to be in San Francisco at the Punchline. May 9, I'm going to be at the Hollywood Improv, another Southern California appearance. I'm going to Detroit, Michigan. They call it the Motor City, and I am going to try and motivate myself to be my best while I'm there. And I hope you can make it. May 14 through 16, Detroit, Michigan. May 21 to 24, Washington, D.C. at the D.C. Improv. I'm hoping to do another live podcast there while I'm there. June 5th through 7th, I'm going to be at New York City at Gotham Comedy Club. And then I'm going to June, to in June, right after that, to London. And I'm going to be doing a, a, a week at the London Soho Theater in London, June 22 through 28th. I'm really, really excited about that. So I respectfully request that you all move to the United Kingdom and attend those shows. Or if you already live there, please please come to those shows. We're going to have a good time. We're going to stay up late. It's going to be a lot of fun. So that's all happening. Back to this week's guest. My friend Jeb Barrows is here. Uh, He came over. We had a little conversation. We talked a little bit about the upcoming Letterman appearance. I'm I'm so excited to be on the show. 
you know, <laughs> I've composed a sort of a, an Academy Award winning speech uh, or the speech that you would give if you won an Academy Award to give to Paul and Dave. But uh, I think instead I'm just going to do a comedy set um, because I think that's what Dave would like. But I'm so grateful for all the years that I've been on that show. It really is one of the one of the things in my career and in my life that has meant so much to me and has de defined, you know, my career, my professional, whatever. People think of me, they think of that show, and I'm so grateful to Dave for that and, uh, and so thankful to Paul and to Will and everybody else in the band and behind the scenes on the show who's, who's made those appearances possible for me. Who's made? I'm not positive I use the right prepositions there, but you know what? Nobody's perfect, and I include myself in that category of nobody, as I hope you do. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not too late to enjoy yourself, so please do whatever you do. Get ready to have a good time. I'm going to play a little bit of music, and then here comes my friend Jeb Barrows. This is it. This is it. We're, we're doing the podcast right now. now. Yeah, we're starting. I know. We're live. I know. See, look at all the times that you were afraid to be on the podcast, and now you're doing it. Yes, often, very afraid. Just hard to sleep at night. Sometimes, a lot of times, hard to sleep at night mm -hmm. because I was conflicted between my fe fear and my great desire to be part of this millennial event. Finally, your desire overcame your fear. And yes. you were able to come on the podcast. Exactly. Well, it's because I think you snuck it up on me. I did. I sneak, really... I sneak attacked you today at one of our uh, terrific lunches, which normally we go to lunch on uh, Tuesdays to Chipotle. But today we threw in a random Thursday, got the double-double at the In-N-Out Burger. Yes. Did you get the same thing as me? I got the exact same thing as you. Yeah. I think I ordered... No, I ordered a little differently because I went with the number one protein style. Whereas you chose not, you fork went the soda option. Oh, you went with a combo. Well, right. the com I went with a combo just because I was there. I don't need the extra, extra calories of a soda. That's how I feel about sodas. Well, come on. Every so often, treat yourself. You're a good-looking man. Well, you here, look. Cut a nice figure. I, that's really total bullshit. I'm so, I apologize <laughs> for lying to you and for lying to the listeners. I don't really like soda is the thing. And so ah. it's easy for me to then turn that into... A, I'm so proud of my self-control that I didn't get a thing that I don't want anyway. <laughs> like, the fact is, it actually chaps my ass that I don't like soda because I feel like I'm wasting money by not taking advantage of the bargain that they're offering me of free soda. This is this is true. Technically, we you, we probably sent, paid the exact same amount, and you went with the water option. And my favorite drink, I would say, is water. And uh, then I enjoy coffee, and then I enjoy a variety of alcoholic drinks. But, it's always uh, good to have a variety. But that's those are the kinds of drinks that I have. They don't if offer. It's those nighttime. Are... I don't have coffee. I just have water or alcoholic drinks. 
I shouldn't say that because sometimes if I'm doing a show, I'll have a coffee late at night. Okay, so there's not really. It's hard. It's well, hard to predict. I you were lying out your ass today. If you're out there, if there's any kind of betting thing, if there's one of those kind of what do they call it where you um, you compile a sports team out of people on different sports teams? Yes, fantasy. And, fantasy if there's any sports. kind of fantasy sports thing where you wager on whether or not I'm going to be drinking a certain thing during any time of day, I would be really careful. I think there's a big market for that. And yeah. it might be one something you want to start with the, on the on the website, and then maybe go from there. It's pretty safe to bet that I'm not drinking booze before, <clears throat> you know, the afternoon, in most times. Really, before nighttime, most times. But then uh, during the New Orleans Jazz Festival, Jazz and Heritage Festival, I might have a beer. I might get right it's, out of bed and have a Bloody Mary. But when I say get right out of bed, I'm also talking about eleven or noon. But at the Jazz Fest, it's pretty much all booze all the time, right? I'm allowed to do whatever I want during that time. As far as, I mean, I'm the person who tells me that I'm not allowed to do some things, but then I say to that part of myself, you're, gonna, you're on break, you cool it, I'm in charge now. I don't know which one of those, you know, when you think, you, are you meditating? Do you do the meditation? I, I meditate in my own way. So I... <laughs> <laughs> what the hell does that mean? <laughs> yes, let's just say, let's say for argument's sake, you, I do. Why don't you describe to me how most people meditate who meditate? A lot of people I meditate, they sit like in a quiet position, lotus position, or on a nice chair, comfy chair, or something like that, or out mm -hmm. in the woods, and get out very... in the woods? A lot of times with people in the woods. Well, sure, but... Or, let's say, at the beach. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? Some sort of meditative, Nature. pastoral... Mm -hmm. uh, I see right now, I'm showing that I have a college education, because I know words like pastoral. That's okay. I have um, a partial college education. <laughs> <laughs> I went to college long enough to that I've heard the word pastoral, that's, and everyone else is probably dealing with a smartphone because that's how they can look it up right away. Yeah, you can look up yeah. pastoral while you're listening to this, which is good. You can look up a picture of pastoral. That's my new favorite thing: is to when I'm looking things up, just say I just want to see pictures. I didn't know that, that was an option. Mm -hmm. I love that as an option. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, back to the topic at hand, which I don't think we've really figured out yet. Uh, so most people meditate in some calming space for themselves and get very quiet, introspective, mm -hmm. maybe make some sort of oming noises. Some, sometimes. That's more chanting, which is can be part of meditation or separate, in my opinion. But we're talking about what you think what, they're what, doing. What what you, I, this is you, what I think I, I perceive them doing. And I have to admit, this is only because of my copious amounts of television watching basically from birth till now and uh -huh. everything that the entertainment industry tells me which should and is gospel yeah the only thing more true is what you find on the internet exactly i am to believe that that's how people meditate they must find themselves in a awkward sitting position in a pastoral setting mm -hmm. uh either extremely quiet or Again, making some sort of groaning, moaning, oming, humming sound. And how long does that go on for? Uh, according to my latest television research, uh, it goes on for 47 minutes. Mm, that's, that's long compared to what I think, but we're still on what you think. So that's how you, that's how you think other people. But when you say you meditate in your own way, what do you do when you're meditating? When I meditate... I have a crossword puzzle, a little, mm -hmm. a little classical music, mm -hmm. and I sit in front of my house. 
and you're only thinking about the crossword puzzle your entire you got all your whole consciousness is on the crossword puzzle I am puzzle. focused right? in on the crossword puzzle the great thing is in sitting in front of my house involves me to have my garage door open so that I can hear the classical music mm-hmm. and sometimes I am yes my focus is diverted from things like um, birds <laughs> neighbor kids neighbor kids dogs mm-hmm. a lot of dogs in my neighborhood and and when the, and I can tell when the postman's coming the dogs go nuts. Do, go, dogs go nuts. Uh, what do you think it is about the freaking mailman that drives dogs so crazy? I know we've been. This is a. I, I I can't believe that we're finally getting to these important questions on my yeah, podcast. I know, well, but we, it's finally happening. We spent the first few minutes just really. Just, no, I'm talking about 131 episodes. Oh, to finally not, getting to what? Yeah, yes, yeah. Well, what uh, what dogs? Uh, what is it about the mailman that that dogs? I'm going to say it's the black socks with black shoes. And gray knee length shorts. It's the wardrobe. It's the wardrobe because I think that's completely disturbing to anybody. And if you're a dog, I mean, as a, as, a, as a human, I think you can process it in some way, and and maybe find some sort of empathy or sympathy or whatever. Whereas a dog, I think they are just completely. It's so aggravating to them that this is the the that our government, as great as it is, has chosen this wow. as the, the uniform that the for a postal works for the government. You think the dog even has a concept of government? Do- dogs are smart. Yeah, no, I know. I know they're dogs smart. are really smart. I know they're smart. I, apparently, like the only thing smarter is is like porpoise, dolphin, porpoise, dolphin, Do- porpoise, dolphin. Are those the same? I don't know. They keep on telling me they're not. They are. They're not. They're different. But I have yet to really. But when people say dolphins, mostly what they mean is a porpoise. Flipper, that's who Flipper, let's just about. say flipper. Right. How about yes. we use a generic term? It's a lot like Xerox. Get ready to Google Xerox or Kleenex. Flipper is. Flipper. But you can get a picture. You can get a picture of Flipper. But I'm saying that there could be young people listening to this show who have no idea who Flipper is. What, what, what percentage of your demographic is? I don't know who listens to this, really. I've invited people to send me questions, and they do. And I've promised that I'm going to do an episode where I answer their questions mm-hmm. and I give people advice. And I'm just waiting to get enough questions and requests for advice on certain things that I feel like I can fill up an episode. Okay. It's a it's a long wait. A lot of people um, are are working on their solving their own problems when they they may not realize that I'm available to help them. But wow. uh, what I'm what I'm trying to say is I'm not sure who what the demographic of the people who are listening is. I you know, but that that's the thing is you like to think everybody knows who Flipper is. You like to think everybody knows who who the Flintstones are, but uh, people don't know the Flintstones. You're talking about how many decades ago that uh, John Goodman and Rosie O'Donnell made a movie, a live-action movie about the Flintstones. Forget about going back to the cartoon. Yeah, no, I think there's a whole generation out there that believes Flintstones are just vitamins. Mm -hmm. And they don't understand the origin. They're just vitamins. Just vitamins. They they don't know the origin story, which Mm -hmm. I think is, is, is... is uh, rich and beautiful in its own right. Tell me the origin story of the Flintstones. The Flintstones uh, grew out of uh, the uh, honeymooners craze of the late 1950s. And the Flintstones are basically the animated prehistoric honeymooners. So, Do you think Jackie Gleason got any money for the Flintstones? No. I think Jackie. I think Jackie. He was the star of the Honeymooners. Everyone who lost us at Flipper. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of people right now are googling madly Hulu to try to find just hung past up or episodes. Thrown their phone out the window, or t- <laughs> they've gotten in a car accident. Like I can't Google and drive and listen to this and run on the treadmill. Well, I think I think that maybe a lesson is, is that when listening to your podcast, it's best, much like meditating, is you just focus in 
on the words you have to say because there's so much uh, rich and, uh, and valuable information. I would like to think that that's true, but I think actually it's more true what I've always assumed is that you need to be doing something else while you're listening to this because this is just, first of all, I mean, that's not, that's a little bit self-deprecating, but, it, but also it just realistically, this is only happening in your ears. What are your eyes and your legs and your whole rest of your body doing right now? Unless, I mean, I may have a lot of uh, quadriplegic type people who are being subjected to this by the, because their handler likes it. And yes. so they put, they put the headphones on and there's, there could be people listening to this thinking, my God, I wish he would just stop for a minute so I could have a moment's peace and, peace and quiet. Well, I believe we touched on that earlier today when we discussed the concept of just podcast, 20 minutes of silence. Yeah, the meditation podcast. Meditation just, podcast. I just say, okay, get ready. We're all going to meditate together. Here we go, starting now. And then I'm just quiet for 20 minutes. And then you know that I'm here and uh, whenever you want. You can just let go of yourself and trust that in 20 minutes, I'll be back to pull you out of it. And I wouldn't be the kind of person who would do that and then walk out of the room and do other things. I would sit here and just meditate along with you. But uh, I haven't done that yet because I don't think that people are really interested in that. But maybe I should do a guided meditation. That's, I think, more what um, what's his name is doing. Jeff, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Yes. Which that's how we got started. That's when I suggested you should come on the podcast when you were telling me about Jeff Squarespace. It started with Squarespace, who is they host my website. They're not a sponsor of the show, but they're good if you're thinking about doing a website. Squarespace, I found out. But about hey, them. if they want to sponsor the show, more than welcome. It's to, not right? as easy as that. <laughs> Just if they saying. wanted to sponsor the show, yeah, they'd probably have to send me an email and then walk me through how it would even happen. Because right now. I'm the sponsor of the show, and I know what I require of myself in order to maintain that relationship. And uh, I feel like to get into it with anybody else might be might be a, a real pain in the ass. But let's just say Squarespace, if you have an interest, you know how to get a hold of you. Check them out. Exactly. Jeff Bridges has a site on there where he's doing, he's helping people meditate. Yes. I just feel like, you know, look, who am I to have my own show? Obviously, Right. You're interested in this. You're listening to it. I just feel like Jeff Bridges, like it, it's not enough that you're a movie star and you do all the other things. He's taken photography, books of photography. Now he's got a website where he helps you meditate. He, he is an entrepreneur and he's a mover and a shaker. Clearly. He's busy. Where does he get the time? I'm I, less busy than him and I still feel like I barely have time to do the things that I need to do. I think he is a endless font of energy because of... Mm. I think I, you know. Have you? Did you, you remember? You remember his father's old show, Sea Hunt. His father was like <laughs> speaking of speaking of dolphins. I just exactly. I'm tying it all together. Bring it Trying all. Trying to back. bring it around. I, and actually, what I want to do is I want to figure we can just give people a list of old television shows mm -hmm. that they will be enriched. Everybody's you know binging on the latest Game of Thrones or or you know uh, Good Wife or whatever it is. If people maybe step back a little, see some of the beginnings, and binge a little Go bit on Sea Hunt. I'm already back in time slightly because I've realized that I'm only watching television now after it's available. Once you can watch it on Netflix or Amazon Prime or some way like that. I, I don't even – I'm too late or, – or HBO Go. You know, I buy HBO. I have a cable subscription. I buy HBO on that, but I never watch <laughs> – 
I don't even watch the TV. I don't even know why I'm renting the stupid cable box. I could give them the money back for the cable box because I never watch TV on that thing. I only watch this the, it retroactively. So I'm already time shifting. I'm, I still have the last episodes of Breaking Bad that I'm saving for myself for some time when I really, when I really say, look, there's nothing to watch that I'm going to say, oh, right, I have those last episodes of Breaking Bad. Exactly. And then, and then your life will be lifted and, and you'll watch someone who's an absolute maniac and, and that will make you feel better about yourself, mm, which is mm. great. But, but I think the thing for you is you have to remember, you have the cable box for Academy Award ceremonies. Which I don't care about anymore. Grammy Award ceremonies. Which I've never cared about. Live sporting events. Uh, also, I can just go to someone else's house for the amount of times that I need to watch that. Or a bar oh, where they have yes. one of my favorite types of drinks. Which the alcoholic drink. Oh, alcoholic. That's right. Alcoholic. I was, uh-huh. I was, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and then also I think, of course, for any sort of Paula Deen special that might come on. Right. I can make my own fat person food. I don't need a fat southern lady to tell me how to eat. Yeah, but she's she's if she's if you if that's where you're thinking, who better? Who's going to have the mm. better insight and and advice? Oh, you are right. If you want to get a how restaurant, to fry something. You want to get you want to get your restaurant recommendations from a fat person. You don't, you know, it's I I and I'm fairly healthy guy. You are too. Thank you for noticing. Yeah. I appreciate it. You're fit. You've always been fit. Tried. Weight. What's your body fat percentage, do you think? Oh, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. It's under 20. Uh, yes, it's under 20. Let's say, let's say it's under 20. Do you think you're under 10? I don't know. I think that's crazy. People who are under 10% body fat, they, they're, they're, that's scary. That's a l- way too much of a commitment to what goes in your body. Aren't you a, both a certified uh, personal trainer and a certified financial planner? <laughs> sure. Let's say I'm, I'm both. I, I am a certified personal trainer because, you know, back in my, my pursuit of my acting days, uh, you know, you got to have as many things in the quiver to bring money into the house that sure. you can. And so I, I think that I thought that was a good idea, or at least my wife might have thought that was a good idea. And, of course, I agreed. Well, that was probably – you started doing that a little bit before I made friends. And just by made friends, I mean I bought his DVDs, the P90X, before I, before I became a huge subscriber of Tony those Horton. workouts. Yeah, and Tony Horton, yeah. But I th- and I think he was – he was a person who wanted to have an acting career, then became kind of a personal trainer, then kind of realized, like, people people really uh, respond to my mojo, and yeah. he started doing these workout videos, and now he's sort of, his, he's, he's a kind of a celebrity star of his own show that I watch over and over on my computer. He is, he is, he is part of that, you know, I don't know if it's, I guess it's late 20th, early 21st century phenomenon that is the fitness celebrity mm-hmm. and and he is a fitness celebrity and and god bless him for it uh, apparently my mojo as far as uh training personal training goes wasn't as uh as as acceptable or or didn't didn't leap off well, the you page. didn't spark into it i don't think you really i don't think you really embraced it i think you did you became a certified uh personal trainer because your wife said look you should get this as a backup thing to your acting and your um, production work that you do, and you were just like, well, what does it cost, and how soon can I get you to be quiet? And so I'm just going to do it. That, that's how it seemed to me. Let's, let's say Is that's... Is she going to listen to this? 
Uh, not now. Yeah. Okay. Nope. Um, it's it, it's along those. It was also. I guess I had. I guess I had a. a, a I guess it probably had a, a little bit of an interest in the concept because I had been working out by myself all my life. So I thought, mm-hmm. okay, well, let's see what other people have to do. And the same thing with Tony Horton. And he is he 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 leaps off the screen. You did not uh, embrace him until I repeatedly said, "Look, you should check this out." And then yes, you finally tried. And, and then again, I have my wife to. Uh, to credit as well for that is because one Christmas she gave me the P90X DVDs, which I looked at her and said, "Honey, you're crazy. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this." And then, uh, begrudgingly, one day I popped one in and I thought, "You know, this is so much better to let him think up of everything." And I just follow along and with the crew. He walks you through it. You can mindlessly watch. You can mm-hmm. sort of listen. You can check in and out. But he keeps your pace going. You know, you don't you don't stop doing the workout. No, he's he's awesome. I, I I'm highly recommending. Uh, the, the original P90X, I've done all the all of them that he's put out, and some of the individual workouts are great. But the original one, and then the new one, the P90X three, where they're all thirty minute workouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also enjoyed that. That's a little less kind of bodybuilding, where you're going to get a bigger shape and a little more fitness oriented. Where you're going to, they're they're both great. And my my new favorite guy is Mike Dolce. I listen to his podcast. I'm doing the UFC Fit. I'm I'm he he's he's pretty awesome. And he has a podcast. He has much like you. Has he come on your podcast? No, I think he's a little big. I mean, I would love. To, I'm. I'm going to meet him one of these days. Let's just put it out there terrific. right now. Square Squarespace and Mike Dolce, open invitations. Uh, contact Jake Johansson. It's uh, Jake. This. I just want to. I just want to meet Mike Dolce and say to him, you know, just how how great his workouts have been for me, and uh, and how much I enjoy listening to his podcast, his nutrition advice. Um, he's a guy. He's a he's not a fat guy. He used to be a fat guy, but he's a not a fat guy who tells you what to eat. And he's got some pretty good recommendations if you're if you're trying to look out for yourself. Does does he? He's not like one of, uh, a vegan guy, is he? He's like no, he lets no. you eat meat, right? Look, I'm in charge. Nobody's in charge of what I eat and what I don't eat. I eat the meat if I want to. Yeah, my wife, she's got some saying. Right, <laughs> we gotta buy that. Here's what we gotta do now. We gotta buy organic chicken. Which I'm down with. I'm down with organic chicken. Is that is that free range chicken? Uh, it doesn't. So I I think for it to be organic, it you, it almost has to be a little more free range because it, to keep them in those confined places without injecting them with antibiotics is you know recipe for disaster. Is this an opening for one of my main beliefs in life? It, it could be, but just okay, let me ahead, finish, finish for a finish second. So we have to get the organic chicken, and then now, as you know, because we go to Costco all the time, we've been friends for how many years? Since 19... 19- right. So, um, so we'll go to Costco. I can get I get the organic chicken breast from Costco, but then now she wants me to take them out of the plastic bag because the plastic bag can, you know, exchange. You can you can end up with some, some ions fluid exchange. We all warned about that in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. You, I don't think you can get AIDS from the from the plastic bag, but uh, in fact, that's how you prevent AIDS is put, plastic, put your junk a in a plastic, plastic bag. bag. Yes. Um, that's a little something out there for the kids listening. Hey, yeah. Put yeah. your junk in a bag. Plastic put your bag. junk in a bag. Plastic bag. Not like Stay a, safe. Stay like safe. A, a Trader Joe's bag, because that would just be wrong. You got to do what you can get a lady to put up with, but uh, I'm, I don't think that's going to work out. Anyway, so she wants me to put put the, the chicken in a... Um, 
in a glass container so that it's not contaminated by the plastic. But so you've got it. Now, this is the thing. So we've been friends since 1990. We don't agree on In fact, I kind of still remember originally when I had sort of been talking to you and assuming that uh, we were both kind of a little more liberally democratic-y, and then you, you, I realized that, that you were not that, and it was kind of bugging you that everybody always assumed that you were that. And so we have a, so we're a across-the-aisle friendship. Sort of. Not really, because I think we agree on a lot of things. But I think we agree a lot on the basics of humankind and the condition. Where There's some policy differences I think we probably have. Anyway, we've been friends for a long yes. time. You, got, you used to manage the improv in Santa Monica, so you're yes. very familiar with comedians. Um, you, you're also very funny. You were an actor, uh, are an actor behind the scenes, so we're both in show business. What's the other thing? You got me started surfing. Um, so we have that kind of bond in common. You perform. You married my wife and I, and I performed the marriage ceremony. Yes, yes. And which I, th- I feel like we started with that. We started a really big trend because it seems like right after my wedding in two thousand, where you officiated or co-officiated, as we like to say, the, the rabbi does not feel that that was the case because the first thing he said to me after following you when you dropped the mic and said, follow that motherfucker. I didn't do that. Well, uh, well it, was, it was implied. But he wanted to go second, and yes. I thought it was right that he goes second because he has the authority of uh, the God, the Jewish God, and I was just a dude who was a friend. But I had the authority of the state of California. Like yes. when I said you were married, you were officially technically married that was at that it. moment. That's, at that moment, everybody in the state of California... Their lives changed because we were then married. But I didn't want to follow God. I wanted him to go yes. second. And and the first words out of his mouth after you stepped away was uh, that a, a rabbi and a stand-up comedian is not a co-officiated wedding. Because I believe now he was reconsidering his, his choice in going second. Because I think he looked at, at the crowd who were very amused and, and happy to be there and figured, all right, what am I going to do now? So what he did was, of course, start singing. I had the advantage of also knowing you both personally. <laughs> yes, really well. And 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 your families better than him. I mean, he was a guy you yeah. brought him on board. It's funny to me when people have a a religiousy kind of wedding, but they're not religiousy, you know, like you and Nancy don't go to temple or church or any of that stuff. So, it was funny, but I get that that was part of a family kind of a thing. Anyway, was, yes. This is all sort of preamble to the get to the amble that people might be surprised as I was after hearing us talk for a little while now these people who are listening to this they might be surprised that you are now going to have you have views that are that I think they're really interesting and you're an intelligent person and so you have contradictory views and I like to hear them and I think one of them has to do with organic food ready go okay it's just a simple thing that I believe that those that are insist on free-range chicken are completely mistaken in the fact that the free-range chicken, to me, is the cruelest aspect of it. Because if you're a chicken and you're locked up in a cage for your entire life, that moment when they pull you out of the cage in order to take you and end your life is the greatest single moment of your life. You are so happy to be out of the cage. Life is great. It is nirvana. Whereas if you're a free-range chicken, you're wandering around the farm, and out comes Farmer Brown and grabs you up. That is the worst day of your life because suddenly you are in the clutches of the mad farmer and you know it can't be good because you spent your entire day out there wandering around with other chickens and they are immediately pulled out of that. You're full of fear 
and regret, and you're probably rethinking your life. And so I think that's cruel. I feel like the chickens have a pretty limited emotional life, but I, but, and I do get that what you're saying is sort of meant to be. Obviously, it's not completely. It's a joke. You're being. You're making it a, a little bit of a joke, but I would. You're looking at me so seriously. Um, I would say though, this is the analogy that I've realized about life. You know, because uh, everybody always thinks you know you want to be a winner, and I would like to be a winner in my life. But if I have to lose. I would like to lose at the last possible moment. You know what I mean? Like in sports, that's a heartbreaking loss where you're, you're leading the whole game and then the last, you know, three seconds somebody sinks a three-pointer and you've lost. That's a heartbreaking loss. But in life, once you're dead, you're dead. So you just have your whole life you feel like I'm winning this thing, I'm killing it, I'm nailing it, which is really kind of life in general. It's like you go through life, you get to be alive, and then you kind of at some point realize, oh, I'm going to die that's too bad. A lot of people focus on that and bum out. But I'm saying if you're going to lose, you want to lose at the last possible moment. And so that's why I'm calling bullshit on this chicken analogy, because you're saying the chicken who's losing his whole life and then at the end has this one moment of like, I'm winning. No, you lost. Or the other chicken who's like, I'm winning this life. It's great. And then he feels like, oh, no, I'm losing. And then he's dead. I'm I'm still ta- I'm taking the free range chicken in that analogy okay. because I feel like it fits with this other broader worldview that I have. Okay, well, I just feel like it's one of those things where it's a little bit like people say that that drowning or suffocating is the worst way to die because the whole time you realize what's happening to you and you feel it and you watch it and everything like that. Whereas if someone walks up behind you and pops a cap in your head and you have no idea you don't see it coming, then that's better. There's no terror to it. It's a little bit like the concept of. Where is it? Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I, I don't have a better when we were just talking about chickens. <laughs> <laughs> now we're right, talking we'll, about us. All right. I no, we'll like go back to it's, it's scary to me because this conversation that con- the conversation about like, what's the best way to die? It's always a weird, a lot of I've had that conversation before. I think we all have. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's a weird conversation because we don't really unless you're committing suicide, you don't really have a choice of how. You're going to die or you're in war and you're like, look, I can sit here and wait for them to come and shoot me or I can get out and see how many of them I can take with me. I mean, if you're in one of those situations, but otherwise, you know, you, you kind of get what you get and you don't get upset. Very nice. Wait a, yes. I can't remember what that's children's one of those, book that's what I was going to say. That's one of those golden rules. I think there's a book, something about everything I learned. In, I learned in kindergarten or something like that. And I think that that's a that's a testament to that concept. It's true. You're right. You get what you get. You don't get upset. You and I differ on the chicken analogy of the chicken concept mm-hmm. um and and you can go ahead and keep on buying that that organic chicken and putting it in a glass uh tupperware uh, yeah well thank you i can't and, stop doing it in and, fact i'm just trying to get laid i realize that's i'm based a lot of my behaviors and i'm just trying to get laid and, and, and it used to be by some random person that i didn't even know for sure who they are i'm going to buy this shirt because i think some um non specified lady is going to like it now i know exactly who i'm trying to get to have sex with me and i know pretty much what she likes and so i'm just trying to as much as i can do that where it doesn't compromise my own principles and as far as look okay i would love to just buy the chicken in a plastic in the shrink plastic thing throw it in the freezer and then thaw it out and eat it i would love to be doing that that's easy for me but you know, as I'm cutting the chicken apart, rinsing it off, drying it off, putting it in a little glass container, putting the lid on, I'm only thinking about my wife's nude body the whole time. 
and and see, I right there, there's a trump card. Two guys talking, that's trump card. I can't, I can't, I can't uh, argue that point. And and I think it's also part of the great cruelty, or not cruelty, or the just one of the ironies of life is that we, as men, we spend a lot of our time uh, thinking about trying to get laid. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I think you've talked about it at times extensively in, in on stage. Uh, but I think one of the even more interesting things is that once we get married, like you say, we, we know who we're trying to get laid from. By with. By with or in, yes, in conjunction. And and the thing is, is that is at times I, th- I feel like it, it, it becomes a cruel joke in that in that now I, I it used to be that I didn't know who wasn't going to sleep with me. I could be at a bar and there'd be a bunch of women, beautiful women around, and I, I'd say, oh, that, that girl over there might sleep with me. Mm-hmm. She might not, but at least there was that ambiguity. Whereas when my wife isn't sleeping with me, I know it's my wife who's not sleeping with me. Yeah. And, it, and, and, it's, and it's, you know, it's just one of those things where you think, I love my wife, I love my life. Well, I, w- this is what I've always said, though, is the amount of ladies who are not sleeping with me is a very non-exclusive club. I mean, all ladies are included in that except for one lady. Yeah. And when that lady says, like, I want to join the club of ladies who are not sleeping with you, I go, why not maintain your exclusive membership in the club of ladies who are sleeping with me? Wow. I'm going to get that on a T-shirt. Have you heard about my frequent orgasm program? <laughs> 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 Every sixth orgasm. Yes, you punch a card. You punch you a little have, card. I have one. Nice, nice. I, I, is there a laminate with that? Some sort of card, or is it a? It's a. You just give me your phone number. <laughs> it's not a. You don't have to. There's no card that you have to carry around. I found because people are naked and then they don't have the. They don't have the card. See, this is one of the things about our our, our friendship that is is interesting. Is it? Because there's, you know, you're a few years older than me, not many, but you know, certainly not many anymore. Not many. No, it gets closer and closer it every was significant years ago. Yes, it's much closer now. But now it's it's to me is like you know every so often, I, though I have been married longer than you, uh, mm-hmm. pearls of wisdom and knowledge come out of you that I I say, wow, I'm going to have to try that. I'm going to have to see you know where that fits into the lexicon of my life. You got to create your own rewards program. Exactly. I'm mm-hmm. not really sure. I, I don't know that I want to copy yours. You know. No, no. Mine is just a template. Yeah, I think you know I can build on that. It's a you know and and add some some my own little decorations and and you know make it my own. But I, I like I said, I do think that's you know t-shirt worthy. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, try. I'd love to get my own credit cards put wow. up where so every time. Every time you charge a thousand dollars on the credit card, you also get an orgasm. And now it'd be, probably be the opposite. That's what I want to do. With my every time, yeah, I was gonna say every time you don't. I, we're just brainstorming. Yeah, this isn't completely thought out. Though it actually, it might be better in the long run for the ultimate goal, which is getting late, to have it be every time you spend a thousand dollars on the credit card. Well, it has to be an incentive for her. She doesn't care. Like, oh, you spend a thousand dollars and I get no, an orgasm. That's not. That's she it's it's more. Interested. It's really more of a. I guess one would consider it a penalty. But, you know, it's a test of wills, I think, really. Yeah. Do you think there are people out there right now wondering, what, what about, what about uh, Jeff Bridges' dad? I, they, they're just they're hanging, waiting for us to revisit and, and, and answer him, the question about, about him, his what dad. What about Jeff Bridges' dad, the great Lloyd Bridges, Lloyd Bridges sea star Hunt. of Sea Hunt, which was a show, it was a scripted show about guys who would go out in boats on the ocean and they'd scuba dive. And what, what would they do? It, I don't even think it I was ever script, saw it. It was scripted Jacques Cousteau. 
Right. Basically. But they would actually dive, these guys. Oh, yeah, good. they would dive and they'd do the whole thing. Lloyd Bridges was like a big, you know, he's a big mm-hmm. diver. And mm-hmm. and they would go out. And I, I, gotta, I, I want to think, I want to remember that there was, you know, I'm sure there was some sort of international intrigue. It was the Cold War, so I'm sure there were, you know, saving... Dolphins or corpses from being turned into Russians. It's not going to be as good as it's not going to be as good as any of the shows on the Shark Week. Forget it. I think Shark Week has jumped the shark. I don't know. I I can't. I don't participate. But but um, but anyways, my my point I'm bringing up Lloyd Bridges, if I remember correctly, was the fact that to illustrate the source of uh, Jeff Bridges' uh, uh, insatiable energy. Is if you look at Bo Bridges, I mean Lloyd Bridges. There's so many Bridges. Bo Bridges is, is Jeff Bridges', Bridges brother. brother, and Lloyd Bridges is his dad. And I, I'm, I'm sorry that I don't know their mother's name. And I, those of you who are listening right now still can People Google, Google, Google that. that. Yeah, um, but I'm my thought was is that I always feel like Lloyd Bridges and Kirk Douglas are like the same person, but they're not. But they're not, and they have the same kind of concept. They have like these these sons that became very famous in their own right as actors and they were famous actors and but when you look at them side by side they look a lot kind of like and they also have that kind of energy you know that just kind of rah, gonna rip your tongue out and i guess tie kirk, it around kirk your neck douglas, right kirk douglas and then Spartacus. his son mike michael douglas like mike douglas is a different mike guy. douglas is not in that yes no completely There's different. mike douglas and michael douglas and yes those are two different and dudes. i was i i would say that maybe michael douglas went by michael douglas because of Mike Douglas, because you know there's a whole SAG thing where you can't. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm lost. To people who don't even know who any of these people are, they've they're already they're ready to throw in the towel. Well, but, just think about the Google right now. Google's you know uh, activity really, has jumped. I'm just trying to drive up people's uh, smartphone yes. internet usage. I so today. I was out shopping because I'm getting ready to go do for a suit because I'm going to do my final David Letterman appearance on next Wednesday, which is the. Um, do you know the dates? Are you next gonna... Wednesday would be the twenty sixth. Yeah, the t- March. Um, oh God, my silly phone. Yeah, March twenty fifth. Twenty fifth. I apologize. 25th. March twenty fifth will be my final appearance on the David Letterman show. He's going to end on May. So I was what, what number is suit. it? This will be, my, I think, my forty sixth. Wow. Appearance. It's a lot of. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of appearances. That show has been a tremendous part of my life. I was 27 years old when I did my first appearance, or just it was in the month of my 27th birthday, mm-hmm. and now I'm going to be. I'm 54 now. I'll be 55. So I. It's been 28 years that I've been on the show. I've been on that show. I've been going on that show longer than I had been a person the first time I went on the show. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's so it's a big deal. It's he has been on the show many more times than my um, attendance record on that show. Yes, compared the, to his. Well, the show is named after is him, show. so no. it probably behooves him to be there. Often, I get it. I've been on a lot of times, but it's it's just such a tiny part of the giant. I mean, he's done so many shows over so many years. What's he going to do when he retires? I don't know. I wish I wish him luck. That's the thing. I want to go on and do a great job, and to to just have it be my last appearance but then also i kind of feel like i'd love to say something to him that meant something to him about the gratitude that i feel for being a part of that show but i kind of feel like look it's his show he it's limit it's not like a podcast where i've got an hour where i can talk and then i'm going to be back next week for an hour i'm going on for four minutes so how much of that does he need me to suck up saying thank you and how great i think he is 
Um, I think the answer is very little. He wants yeah. very little of that, and he wants me to just bring the funny. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you're going to have an opportunity to do your Bet Midler moment. As, just go uh, over and to my whole set to him in his just in his right lap. from the top of his desk. Yeah, I yeah. I, I, for those of you who don't know, Bet Midler did that when Johnny Carson had his yeah. last show. Uh, but anyways, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think that uh, he just wants you to come on, be the funny guy you are, and give he you. He doesn't a want me to go sit in his lap. No, he doesn't. No, well, I know. At that. least not on air. I knew that. No, he doesn't want that at all. I don't know what's he going to do. What's he going to do? Is he going to go race? cars or live? I, is he going to live is he going to move is he going to build a house in the middle of a speedway to be like so he's right there all the time because he can do whatever he wants he's basically got that kind of like i can do whatever i want money yes he could build a house he could own a house in the center of the indianapolis uh 500 speedway and he could just live there yes i i, I yeah that's he could wow i i would say that's I probably that's, noisy neighbors and he's got a kid very dangerous to have a speedway race going around in your front yard yeah but, that's uh, a good point um, yeah, I don't know what he's. Maybe he's going to get his own podcast. I don't. I don't. He, you know, he was he was really good friends with Paul Newman. I know because they had that common uh, car thing. Car thing. So you know, hey, maybe he does the transition and and has his own salad dressings. I don't. And see starts Dave. does that. I, I I would get it. I would. I if he came out with his own salad dressing, I'd be the first guy to like. I've got to try it. You got to try. You know, and and what's you know, Dave put on his salad? I think that's the burning question. A lot of people want, might want to know. And maybe now the thing is, is he'll have the time. Like you said, to be able to answer those questions. To really perfect his salad dressing. Yes, and, and to answer the, the burning questions that I people think people have out there, like, what does David Letterman put on his salad? Is he a croutons guy? I don't know. You know? Who's not a croutons guy? I mean, I love croutons. I feel like when I found out that you could get croutons for at home for your salad, like, I thought that that was some secret thing that restaurants could do, but there was no way that you would be able to do that at home. Yeah. And when I found out there's a bag of croutons that you can just buy and have in your salads at home, I was kind of mad at my mom. Well, yeah, that she wasn't going our, out there bringing the croutons home? Like always a sal- our, our salads were so re- pretty ridiculous. Yeah. They were the salads of the 60s, you know, so and yeah, 70s. Yeah. So it was the iceberg, iceberg lettuce with a couple of tomatoes. carrot slices and uh, maybe a radish. Yeah. Did your mom ever shred the carrots just to add spice no, to it? No, to no. shake we're it up? Not that kind of fancy people. Oh, well, okay. I understand. You know, I had a good Midwestern stock. Yeah, no, I was not a crouton guy. I didn't understand the concept of croutons. I always, when I was a kid, it was like Captain Crunch cereal to me. It would like cut the roof of my mouth and it would just be like, you know, hanging skin like a car mm-hmm. wash into there. And and then as I became an adult, I discovered the joy of adding carbohydrates to my salad. And it, it's, uh, <laughs> and they come in different flavors. Flavored croutons? Yes. Yeah. I don't think we're getting flavored croutons for our house. We do we do get the croutons. We do buy some croutons sometimes. But, yeah, it's pretty – that's, again, this is the whole thing. If I was buying the groceries for our house, I mean, they would be pretty healthy. But I would – if I bring home non-sanctioned croutons – Do they have free-range croutons? Oh, my God. I can't even bring home that hummus that you like from Costco. Oh, that hummus is so good. <laughs> have you had the spinach dip? No. Oh, it's good, too. Don't be silly. I think it's organic. Is it? Let's well, say next it is. time we go to Costco, we'll have to. Check you know it. what I've told? We, we've had the conversation before. I've told you there is a way around all this. Sharpie. You just go to Costco with a sharpie. You buy what you like, and just write organic on it. I don't need the Costco the sharpie at Costco. I can just write it on that in the driveway before I bring it in the house. You want to take but that my risk? Wife, my wife is not falling for that. She's not falling for. Um, 
me writing organic onto our produce. I mean, oh, you're right. She would know your hand rank, so yeah. I'll do it for you. <laughs> I feel like the handwritten organic label is not going to fly with my wife. She's a little more savvy than that. Okay. Well, she must be. She married you. Mm. <laughs> that was sweet. Well, you know, I thought that I'd, was really sweet. I thought I'd throw that in just because. Um, yeah. Um, so anyway, I want I, I before we before we di- <laughs> diverge into some other t- random co- topic, I want to say back to the David Letter thing. Congratulations on your forty six or p- more or less, uh, uh, David Letterman. And I think that that uh, I don't think you have to say anything to him other than being there and doing the job you do because clearly the guy's a fan. And uh, I think you know you just give him the trail nod and the. Give him, give him a little finger point or what have you, and it's understood. He's like he knows he knows that uh, he knows that you you dig his stuff and that uh, he's, you're happy that he's he's stuck with you all these years. I'm just concerned now <laughs> <laughs> that I'll cry. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I don't want to cry. Anyway, go ahead. What are you concerned about? I'm, I'm just a little concerned now as to um, as to. Whether or not then he will have he'll go through some sort of Jake Johansson withdrawal. <laughs> well, that's very that's not going to happen. I know that, but I bet he's going to. I bet it's going to be interesting for him because he's just that's a heavy job. You know, it's not like doing a once a week sitcom where you're kind of getting ready to do it and then you do it at the end of the week. It's every every day is game day, and that's been going on for thirty something years. Yeah. And then to be like, oh, now what am I going to do with my day? Like Jay Leno, I think, has got a car. He's got a car web series. Um, Jerry Seinfeld has got comedians in cars getting coffee. That's right. So a lot of times these guys who have had these giant high-profile careers then develop some web thing. So maybe that's what Dave's going to do. Maybe it's going to be. But but is it going to? What's it going to be? I don't know. Maybe I don't know. maybe he's just going to. You know, apparently he lives out the. It takes the Merritt Parkway, which is a. A drag strip running from Connecticut to New York. Is it a drag strip? It is. I, I've driven. Is Merit- everybody drag stripping oh, yeah. on there? Merritt Parkway. I've driven numerous times, uh, and it is literally it's the Audubon of at least the Northeast, if not the United States. I guess there's places in Montana. Is it? A, is it like a toll road or something? It is or? a toll road, uh, but it is not. At least it was. Many many years ago, all those roads in New York are a toll road. Yes. You got to get that easy pass just to drive yeah. your car around the block. Exactly, and 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 it's shocking. They're they're soaking you for money, and so. But in in the Merritt Parkway, it runs parallel to uh, Route ninety five, which is the big northeast. Uh, you know, actually northeast, actually the whole eastern corridor. That's the big route that everybody takes, basically, to go from Maine to Florida. And through Connecticut, it runs parallel to that. So when 95 is jamming up, you jump down to the Merritt Parkway, which is a much older road, narrower lanes, no shoulders. Super exciting. Super exciting, going through the woods in the countryside of of Connecticut. And, you know, it's one of those things where you get a ticket at the beginning, and then at the end you have the ticket, and they say, uh, 30 bucks kind of thing. I think it's Unless just, you have the easy pass. Unless you have the easy pass. In now, which, do they have a thing where it goes, look, you, I, I know what time you got on, and I see what time you're getting off, and there's no way you could have done that unless you were going 80 miles an hour, so you, here's your ticket also. You know, it's surprising. You know, you would think that the Connecticut State Police would have, have done something like that, but I guess I guess they have it because the part of the deal that people speed so much on the Merritt Parkway is that the, at least this is back when I used to drive it many years ago, was that because it's so narrow and there are no shoulders, 
and the on and off ramps are so tiny and and short it's very hard to patrol so you can't pull anyone you can't over pull anyone over there's it's, it's and so the access to that all of that is difficult so guys would get out there in their ferraris much like david letterman i think he's told the story many times and they just jump on it you know and i and, knew he'd gotten a few speeding tickets but i didn't so, realize the in-depth kind of specifics of how this is all happening oh yeah and there's a lot of you know and literally it's the place that if you're you know some rich knucklehead in in connecticut or new york now let's not call david may not be a rich david's knucklehead. not a, no i'm, I'm saying although he might think it was sweet that you called him a rich knucklehead if hey david if, if if it's sweet and you enjoy it then anyway so if, you, if you're a guy with a fast car you're a guy with a fast car you want to get you, that's you get where on you the go. parkway and you jump on it and there are times where it's like you know you get two guys side by side one in a lamborghini and one in a ferrari and they are just you know they're living their own private Oh, man. You know, Indy 500. Yeah, who's the biggest dumbass contest? Exactly. I mean, and that's what... i just driving around L.A. yesterday to go get my suit. So I found the suits that I liked when I was with you on Tuesday. But then I thought, well, I'm going to go over to um, Sunset Boulevard to shop at this you know fancy place that I had seen, in out, uh, I'd seen one of their stores in uh, Chicago mm-hmm. in the mall near the comedy club that I was working. And... Uh, I thought, well, do we have, is that a plug? Do we have a plug? Do we have a no? Plug I'm not going to plug no? it okay. because they don't even exist. I got all the way across okay. town, and it, it, the the store was gone. But just the amount of selfish um, race car behavior that's going on on Santa Monica Boulevard. You know, they see that you got your blinker to change lanes mm-hmm. on, and they close up the space before you can get in there. And it's like, look, what? How? How do you feel like you're going to win this thing? And then you keep seeing this person changing lanes and doing this crazy mosquito behavior. You know, you're right with it. And I, my thing when I'm driving now is I'm just the go ahead, go. If you, I get it. You're busy and important. I'm going to I'm going to deliberately go three miles an hour slower than you just so you can go by me. You get a sense of accomplishment that you've passed me. I'm getting there in roughly the same amount of time. And because I'm trying to go slower, I'm not I'm going to get to watch you have an accident with someone else. I'm not going to have to have an accident with you. And and I think that's probably the the uh, the best choice, especially driving around L.A. Like you said, it's it's some people I think they believe that uh, they're the ones that believe that that L.A. is just one big racetrack mm-hmm. and and it, it's 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 a contest to and apparently there's some big tote board in the sky that is keeping track of who gets to between a and b faster and at the end i don't know if it's the end of your life or end of your day or when you sell your house in la they give you a check yeah i just there's a lot of people trying to win a thing that's not winnable yeah i i you know it's i i think that it's uh it's you know, there is that, like you said, there's a space in between you that people jump right in. And I, there are times when I, I, you know, when I'm the guy who gets jumped in on, I kind of want to, hey, that's my space. You know, you're, you're invading my yeah, personal no, space. I get it. It's hard to not feel personally offended by the things. That, I mean, that's what I'm trying not to get buy into their thing. But sometimes it's obvious to me that they're trying, they're so doing this, like, what? stake do you have in this about me just getting in that lane why do you not want me to do that why why what's it going to hurt look at all the other people that are in front of you there's people who got up before you got up and they're already at the place you're going to go so uh, why why take it out on me i'm just barely in front of you and i'm and pr- you can pass me later i'll sit in my car when we get there i'll just sit in my car let, get let out. him get out yeah well i had a guy ye- yesterday coming down uh, walgrove down over there by the santa monica airport who was right on my 
my backside the whole way down the little hill there and come into the turn and I get to to one of the signals and there's a right a left hand turn there lane there and then the, I was staying to go straight and the guy comes out from around the side of me and gets in the left hand turn lane next to me and then jumps the light to get ahead of me and the yeah. thing was the you know the thing was is it was rush hour on Walgrove Avenue which was basically bumper to bumper so he got one car ahead of me. It makes you. It makes me antsy and angry at the guys who do that. But then, like I said, I'm really trying to take the attitude of like, if it's that important to you, go ahead. What really bugs me though is if that guy then wants to look at you like you're somehow yeah. holding him up. It's like, are you mad at everybody who's in front of you? You know. I think they are. I think that's the thing. I think there's a group of people that live in Los Angeles that are just, they're just angry. Well, last year, this week, this weekend, I'm going to do flappers in Burbank. And that I did it last year. It's Friday and Saturday. It takes so long to get out. I'm gonna. I'm pl- my plan is to leave the house at three o'clock tomorrow to drive over to the gig. Just because I'm gonna get there stupid early. I'm just gonna hang out. Because last year I left two hours early mm-hmm. and I got there barely at showtime. And it makes you ma- makes you mad because first of all, it makes you mad that it shouldn't take two. Hours. It takes a half hour to drive home from there. Yes. So it shouldn't take you two hours to get there. So even if you leave yourself enough time, you're mad that it takes that long to get there. And then if it doesn't take that long to get there, then you're mad that you left too early. Yes, exactly. And if it takes more than that amount of time to get there, then you're completely furious because how could it take even longer? to? That's That's the hard part about the traffic with me. And so I do get how people can get lost in that emotion of like mm-hmm. there's no way to feel good when you're stuck in the stupid traffic in LA when you're when you're spending a half an hour to go 8 miles you just feel like like whole how how can we Where not we, yes. have built the right kind of roads for what we're trying to do well and the amazing thing that always amazes me is that you and I are lucky i mean for the most part we get to move about this city kind of on our own schedules you know usually when i have to be on set my set call times are, are usually very early in the morning, so I'm leaving before traffic gets started, and usually we're filming past rush hour in the afternoon. And, or, you know, when I'm not working, you know, we not, we're freelance people, so we get to kind of to time our, our, our time out. But you think about the people that have to drive at rush hour to and from work oh. every day. They're in that parking lot every single day going to work. And I just... <laughs> Okay. Yeah, it's brutal when you're when you're out. Like I said, it can take a half an hour to go eight miles. Like where you're sitting there, and a half hour later, you can see where you were if you look out the back of the car. It's, yeah, it's just as ridiculous. And they're doing it every day. They never get to have it where it's it takes a half hour. But maybe that's maybe they just maybe their minds just set up like it takes two hours to make this drive, and that's how I do it. Yeah. I don't know how they're doing it. Well, I, I tell you, and I I will say this is apparently we're not the only ones because I actually just got uh, an itinerary. I'm going to India next month to to do some work, and they sent me an itinerary based on the location where we'll be filming and my hotel. And my hotel is, I, I believe, it was eight miles from the place where we'll be be uh-huh. filming. And it says forty minutes travel time. Yeah. So apparently, <laughs> and from what I hear about India, if you think the traffic here is insane, that is literally like trying to drive across a parking lot where anyone can practically be going in any dire- direction, yeah. and you're dealing with not just cars, but three wheel things and motorcycles and yeah. a guy and with a chicken on yeah. a go kart. Yeah. Uh, oh my god! So that's why I said you got to take your camera because I can't wait to see the, the guy shots with the go kart view in this traffic yeah, yeah it's going to be fun thankfully i i will i will be, be being driven everywhere i go but but uh yeah i i 
got to believe it's maddening. I, I feel I have this inner feeling that at some point I will probably say, you know what, just let me out. I'm I'm going to walk because I'll I'll get no. There I quicker. think if you walk, you're going to get run over by something. Something. An elephant. <laughs> the guy a with cow, the ch- a chicken, chicken. Yeah. Tripe, you may be, tripod. You may be right. I right. mean, are you gonna? Are you worried about the food? Eating the food while you're over there in India? I am a little worried just because of uh, you know, I'm not a fish eater, and I know there's a lot of fish in all other countries. But also because uh, I was actually thinking last night, you know, I eat a lot of roughage, mm-hmm. and. You know, there's always say, you know, it's the water's the problem. Well, they wa- if they're washing the salad with the water that I don't want to drink, it's a little bit like going mm-hmm. to Mexico. You know, you, it's like, oh, did you not drink the water? You know, I don't know how I, why I got sick. I drank only bottled water. It's like, well, you had a salad, didn't you? Yeah, well, they washed the salad. And... My understanding is that the type of diarrhea that you can get yes. in India is completely different than any type of diarrhea that you've ever had in the United States. Yes, I, I am. Uh, I, I am have been made aware of that. Uh, and and hope not to. And let me just check that. the clock. Yeah, we're about fifty minutes into the conversation, and it's diarrhea time. Uh, okay, good. I'm glad Perfect. we've got. Yeah, usually got diarrhea. Usually it takes a it's lot much, less time. Yeah, you're much earlier. I'm sorry, I, I got diverted. It was my fault. I well, brought up the I blame Lloyd Bridges. Um, but yeah, so that and and then also, like you said, like I said, some of the food. Uh, I'm not a curry fan. I think they do a lot of curry stuff mm-hmm. in India. So we'll see. You know, I'm going to have to just eat whatever they put in front of me, I guess, and and go from there. I, I doubt Hope for the best. Yeah, I don't think they have in and out. What's your job on this shoot? I am the first assistant director on this shoot. Your first AD. So yeah. you are you, you can't be the guy with the explosive. Diary. No, I, I have to kind of be uh, upright and, and moving forward and being the, the clear mind oh my God. for the entire time. Well, will you come back? When you come back, will you tell me the story of your India trip I on the podcast? You, I would tell you the story of the India trip, and it, and it will be rolled into because this trip includes uh, we start off in Thailand, mm-hmm. go to China, and then we go to India. Man. Yeah. So and when do you leave? Uh, I leave on April 18th. April 18th? Yes. Cathay Pacific. A little plug right there for Cathay Pacific. So when I'm on the plane, also not a bring sponsor. me some extra nuts. Nun- so you'll have time to watch my last Letterman appearance. <laughs> yes, I will have time to watch your last Letterman appearance. And then you'll go overseas. I, I may actually, what I may do is I may download it so that I'll have something to do uh, yeah. during the course of the trip. I may end up watching it a lot of times. And I'll dissect it and come back and critique it. Okay, terrific. Um, but yeah, so you'll, you'll have, and, and as of right now, I spoke to the producer today. Uh, we have our itinerary for Thailand, pretty much. We have our itinerary for India, pretty much. But apparently China, which is the middle uh-huh. portion of our, our trip, uh, is completely up in the air. And they're not sure where in China we're going to be. Uh, there's been talk that we're going to be in Shanghai. There's also been talk that we're going to be out somewhere in the far reaches. And we'll have to fly some, you know. Well, China is so big and there's so many people there that no matter where you go, there's another 10 places that are exactly the same as it. Yeah. You know, a thousand within a thousand mile radius. So, you know, I think that's the, the they just they're making the best deal for the trip. Probably. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I I just have concerns is that we're gonna as of right now we're supposed to fly into Shanghai, which is a city I've heard of, and and they're talking about us then flying from Shanghai to a lot of cities, which not only have I never even heard of, I don't think that you can actually put those letters in conjunction with each other and get anything. Well, that's the interesting thing about China, because there's cities that are bigger than New York City that are only like 10 years old. Yeah, exactly. And yes, and there are some apparently that have no people living in them at all. Really? Yeah, they have go- they're have. they called ghost cities in China, where you know they had that big building boom, much like we did in the last uh-huh. 10, 20 years. 
And there are cities where it's just basically empty. It's just all these big open, you know, these big apartment buildings, high-rise office buildings and, and strip malls, and they're just completely empty. And they're, wow. You know, because China is so big, they can... They can expand so well, far. and it's and it's the communists. They just decide yeah. like we're putting a city here, and nobody's voting to go. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, you're not. <laughs> exactly. And they never, yeah, they never did the polling as to see who would want to oh, live. That there. would. I bet you could make a an incredible post apocalyptic movie in one of those a fake empty city or real empty cities. I want. I want to say that someone already has, or if they aren't, they should be right now. You know, it's a lot like Chernobyl. Apparently, people now are filming in Chernobyl because it's it's got that feel to it. But your 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 filming days are safe? short. Is, yeah, you can't. It's not safe, right? You're getting radiation. No, they do tours. They do tours in Chernobyl. You you go in and and you get a guided tour, and they take you through, um, and they actually test you with a with a Geiger counter, going to get coming in and going out, and like they keep it, you know, it's down oh to whatever God. an hour or two or whatever you're allowed to be there. This is it's. I got to put that in the category of stupid white people. Yes. I mean, oh my God, how rich are you? That's how. That's how you're going to spend your money. You're going to fly to Russia and then tour a, a nuclear apocalypse zone. I admit, I'm curious to see what's there. Yeah. But I'm not going to absorb. My wife is already saying, "Hey, one of our friends just had his testicle removed." She says, "Don't keep your phone in your pocket anymore because yeah. of my testicle." I'm trying to take my phone out of my pocket now. But I'm going to fly to Russia to go to Chernobyl? No, thank you. I'm yeah, not doing that. Think about that. what happens to your testicle. I'm a little then. bit too smart for that. I'm probably old enough that what the hell do I have to worry about going to Chernobyl? Whatever I get is going to be slow acting enough, hopefully, yeah. that I'm going to, and I'm not going to make any two headed babies anymore. That's That game is over for yeah, me. Yeah, I know. I'm not making babies. You know, yeah, you're done with the baby. And, and the two headed babies, I think that fad is past. I don't I don't think it caught on as much as everybody thought it would. No, it's not. Nobody, want, nobody wants it. Well, I shouldn't say nobody. That's right. See. Yeah, so 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 as far as China goes, you know the 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 concern is I you know I'm happy to see places I haven't seen before and that's for sure. But it's really the flight, the flight mm-hmm. from Shanghai, the inter-China airways thing, you know, because I don't know that we get all the actual statistics that that are true about you know because I kind of picture this you know jalopy of an airplane with with people with chickens in their laps and and and. No, I picture a state-of-the-art airplane better than we, anything we have in America, but it's being flown by a guy who just got his license yesterday. <laughs> so you're saying if I go down, at least I'm going to go down in style. Yeah, you're gonna. It's gonna be okay. You're gonna be watching all the latest movies that they pirated <laughs> from America because they don't respect our copyrights. No. Um, yeah, you, I think you're gonna have a great time. Well, at I, the very I least, think I am too. You're gonna have a great story. So take a lot of pictures. Keep a journal. I'll leave only footsteps. You leave only. only you don't have to pack footprints. out your poop, do you? You can you you can poop everywhere. Well, apparently, China. yeah, you can just be yeah, on the street. Apparently, from what I've been told. Yeah, well, that's the great news. Well, and the great thing is, is in theory, hopefully, I'm not going to be uh, anywhere so remote where at least there won't be a pre-dug hole in the ground for me to place my poop. A lot of the toilets when I was in China are this thing where you they show, shows you where to put your feet and then you squat down over a hole. Wow, camping style. Which I would be super because it's not something that I've done. I don't. I don't even understand the kind of. There's a. There's got to be a way that you stand so you don't like crap on the back of your shoes or yeah, your yeah. pants. Like, how do you get your pants out of the way to be, be able a, a, a wide good stance? And the, and the thing I'm concerned about now is that you know, I'm you know as we talked about earlier, I'm a, I'm a fairly fit guy, but uh, you know as we get older, my squat. Let's just say my, my squatting ability is not what it once was. I suggest right now that you go and you get yourself a coffee can or a, <laughs> a small trash can and you practice 
pooping into that, squatting over it and pooping into it, at least at least a couple of times before you go. Just out in the backyard? Just be ready. Yeah. And to deal with your pants, too, because you've got to squat down and then hold your pants so they're out oh, of the yeah, way. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's, there's a, there's, there's a couple of tricky things to it. No, you're right. And I, you I don't want to be trying to, to figure that out when you got one that's ready to go. Yeah, and I thought that, I thought that the tetanus shot was going to be a pain, but you're right. I get a little bit of training to do. Everybody that. thinks they know how to poop until they get to China. <laughs> well, it's all that book's fault. Everybody poops. And we think, okay, mm-hmm. but yeah, you're right. Yeah. China, apparently China, I don't know if that means that they're better poopers than us or not, but certainly they have a... Yeah, well, I don't think they would come here and have problems with our method of pooping. No, we have some of the easiest toilets in the world to understand. Yeah. I mean, we don't have bidets, which I think is a great breakthrough. But uh, anyway, yeah, you'll have to let me know how it goes. We won't start with the poop talk first. We'll work our way into well, it. Well, no, like we said, there's a time you work when, your way when into that it. comes in. Uh, into the... um, thank you for being a guest on my show. Hey, glad I was finally able to do it. I'm glad you snuck up on me. And, and, and much like you know the non-free-range chicken, I felt good about it. Now, I'll do a little bit of an intro ahead of time, but how, so I know you as just Jeb. Yes. But of course, you're Jeb Barrows. Yes. And then can people find you on Twitter? I am, I am not Twitterable, and nor am I a Snapchatable, or am I- uh, Are you on Facebook? Do you have a website? I, no, I am not Facebook. I am, I have, I'm old school. I have an email address. Do you, are you on IMDb? Yes. Okay, so they can check out your IMDb, IMDb. at Jeb Barrows, <laughs> and and uh, and and then you know, like I said, I have a a yeah. I'm not going to give out my email address. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, nor nor my phone number. But uh, hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. And uh, good luck with, with the edit on this. Oh, there's no editing. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> don't. We, there's not time for that. The and public... good luck. Good luck on on Letterman. Yeah, thank Everybody you. Everybody, tune in uh, next Wednesday. Uh, March uh, March twenty fifth, uh, Jake on David Letterman, and you can always get him at jakethis.com. Thank Bu- you. Buy a t shirt. <laughs> you don't have to, but if you want one, you can. You really should. I mean, I should I shouldn't have interrupted you when you were trying to help me. Yeah, he has a daughter. She's going to want to go to college. A bad habit I have. Bye bye, everybody. See ya. Thanks for coming. He's talking to me. <laughs> Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was that was it. That was that was that was the podcast. I thank you so much for listening. Thank you to my friend Jeb for being on the show. He gave you all the instructions you need. You can't look him up. You can't find him. I'll help you meet him if you need to. If you need to be put in touch with him, uh, please email me. Email me your questions and queries, and I will do my best to answer them. Don't give up. There will be plenty of time to give up later. And thank you again to David Letterman and all of the people at The Late Show for all these great years of good times that I've had. Oh, my God. If I could explain to you the nights of celebration I have had after appearing on David Letterman's show, I would. I would. If that was available for digital download into your brain box so you could come along with me. All I can say is uh, shave them all. Shave them all, everybody. Have a great night. Thank you again. Don't give up. You're my friends. You know who you are. I'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to talk to me, you're going to have to send me an email. I'll call you back. <laughs>
That wasn't so bad. We had a good time. That was nice. Now, how do I turn this? I can't figure out how to, I can't, I can't figure out how to turn it off now, ladies and gentlemen. I'm in a serious jam-o-rama. Ding dong. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to help myself. I don't know how to help you.